1: You hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And uh, man, what matters? What matters to me? What matters to me is that I would like for all of you out there who are listening to this show uh, to know from my perspective that life and people uh, are much more important than a game of football. And the game of football does not exempt those who participate from treating people as decent human beings. And that is what matters to me today. So uh, there's a lot going on in the National Football League. A couple coaches out there. um, Health is at stake. That's the most important thing in life to me is one's health. Um, And I just think that Sometimes uh, we take the game a little bit too far, and the game is a game. It's a way of which many of us have made a living and, and still continue to make a living by way of some aspect connected to the game, but it's still a game. So with that saying, uh I'm gonna get started with the show today. Had a great time earlier today. I was a guest on the Lamar Campbell show, Life After the Game. And uh the, the Mark show this morning, as a matter of fact, we had the uh former uh Surgeon General on with us. I don't recall his name at this time. I should. I apologize. Uh I had it written down someplace, but uh not sure what I what I did with that uh with that note. I think it's uh, Dr. Satcher a uh, former Surgeon General. and As a matter of fact, I think back in the day, my wife even did some work with them as they were working on an asthma initiative at the Environmental Protection Agency. Uh, but certainly wanted to shout out to Lamar for doing an excellent job using his show uh, to promote things that are much bigger than just the game itself. And there are certain aspects of the game related to health. And today they were talking about, again, making sure that... Um, Kids are safe. So I think it's a website called Youth Sports Safety. Youth, as in young people, com. Check that website out and see what it's all about. There's going to be a conference, I think. Uh, Lamar is going to head up the media, uh, component of that conference. Uh, it may be in Washington, D.C. I'm not sure, but, uh, uh, look at the, listen to the archive of Lamar Campbell's show this morning, uh, Life After the Game. And it's really, really interesting. He's doing an outstanding job with uh, with his show. Now, I know there's a couple of you out there that uh, want to talk football. So I'm going to get started with some football. i tell you what's interesting. You know, many times players, they're, they're trying to do the best they can to answer questions as they're put forth and and respond in such a way that don't make them seem as if they're Unintelligent, uh, certainly wanted to come off as if uh, to be well educated. But there are many times where sometimes a player just, you know, says something uh, and perhaps maybe he should just leave things alone. I think when I, in particular, was listening to some of the comments um, that my man Aaron Rodgers chose the other day in his interview, he was very careful in his choice of words as he talked about uh player safety and perhaps there be some players that had decided that well, okay we can't hit you high anymore so uh we're going to have to hit you low and end some careers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers earlier a couple weeks earlier in the season took offense to somebody hitting a player low, ran down the field after the player and and started to make a few comments. And then I think something hit Aaron suddenly woke up and realized that you know you know these guys are at a disadvantage and his comments the other day I I appreciate the fact that you know he really doesn't understand quite understand uh, the situation that defensive players are put in when it comes to Playing the game, they, they got to think about so many things and where can I hit a person and where I can't hit a person at and, and they could be hurt themselves and, and when you know somebody hit Aaron high, legally, and uh, it turned out that um, he sustained an injury and he's going to be out of the game for a few minutes, so Aaron is a dangerous game and uh, we just have to think about it that way, but uh, I, I think I, I've got a caller on the line, is, is Rick on the line with me?
2: Yes, I am. Hey, so Rick. Great.
1: How are you, Rick? Well, I'm
2: I'm
1: doing fantastic. Uh, I think and some of you, you some go. of you That's may, right. uh, some of you may remember Rick's joined us a couple times on the show. He's a a fanatical when it comes to uh, Andy Reid, and I want to say Andy Reid because he, uh, you know, he has a good relationship with Andy. And again, Andy has done something and got closer to that mark of perfection. And as a matter of fact, for this, uh, you know early in the season and at this point in the season, uh, they are perfect. They're undefeated. Nobody can dispute that. They've got the best record in the national football league. But Rick, I'm going to ask you a question. Start right off talking about the Kansas city chiefs. Are they the best football team in the national football league
2: today? Well, as you know, being a former uh, player yourself, Ray, um, undefeated is undefeated. It's a results driven league. A win is a win. And, um, Even though it wasn't pretty on Sunday offensively, I was proud of the way the special teams played at time. Of course, the defense was stout in giving them two uh, touchdowns. And at the end of the day, a win is a win. And being the only 9-0 team or undefeated team in the league, I'd have to see absolutely positively, yes, the Kansas. City Chiefs are the best team in the
1: National Football League. Now, Rick, that, that's very interesting that you said that because, as, as you said, uh, you know, former player myself, and and sometimes, uh, you know, on any given Sunday, you can show up and a team that necessarily has the best record does not always end up winning a football game. So, uh, a record is a, is is one indication, but I think you have to look at all aspects of of the team, you know, and that is offense, defense, special teams, and of course, coaching. Um, and, and, and looking at it from that perspective, um, obviously you also feel that the Kansas city chiefs are superior to other teams in all aspects, coaching, uh, offense, defense, and special teams. Would I be correct in saying that?
2: Yeah, you should be correct. I think the offense has got some work to do. I think, uh, with Alex being in a new system, he's been in so many new systems. I think he's adjusting. I think some of the uh, receivers need to hold on to the ball. I was a little disappointed in the trade deadline that only one trade was, um, was done, and that was Isaac uh, Sabaga going over to the Patriots with a, uh, a, a fifth-round pick, a sixth-round pick, and, uh, and Philly getting, and you being a our Eagles, Philly getting the fifth round. I thought if uh, Isaac was going to go anywhere, he'd go to the 49ers, but um, that was one of the surprises. But I believe the offense is going to get together. If you look at the record, records generally speak for themselves as a stats league. Uh, Andy is 13 and one coming off the bye week. His only loss being last year to, um, the Atlanta Falcons who at the time were undefeated and then went on to post the best record in the NFC. If you consider the Thursday night games Andy's had over his career, he's 17 and two. Um, and his philosophy, which is now being copied by people like Sean Payton and other coaches, Andy gives them the full week off. And and uh, and if I can quote Andy on that, the reason he does it, <clears throat> um, and and since 2011, also the NFL Collective Bargaining Act requires that teams take at least four consecutive days off, but Andy doesn't feel that's enough. Uh, quote, they need to take time out and relax. And, and Derek Johnson, the linebacker, outstanding linebacker for them, said it was a joy to hear the coach say last week, y'all relax this week and come back ready to go. And he says even coaches uh, need that time off uh, to uh, do some self-evaluation and not only for the players to heal. So um, I definitely believe the offense can improve. I think the defense is playing stellar. And as I we talked a couple weeks ago, When Andy first got the team, he knew that if he could put the offense together, he had a Pro Bowl kicker, Pro Bowl punter, and Colquitt. I mean, pinning them down at the one-yard line on Sunday was really big. Uh, I thought the star of that game was Sean Smith uh, with that interception for the TD and, of course, um, Holly uh, returning that uh, fumble recovery as well. But, um, yeah, I believe um, all three aspects of the game, offensively, defensively, and special teams, they are the best team in National Football League, and I believe uh, Andy's assembled uh, an outstanding um, staff. Well,
1: certainly, certainly, what you said about uh, Andy said that. The players and certainly not only the players, but the coaches need to take a break too. That kind of leads me into a point. I think we got about two minutes here before we take a break. Uh, Andy Reid is one of those guys that I think he pushes the envelope when it comes to the amount of time that he puts in. Uh, perhaps maybe we don't know for sure. That could be part, in part, the reason why we saw, uh, Houston Texans coach, uh, uh, I think it was, uh, um, Kubiak, um, you know, fall over and, and, had to be assisted off the field. And I think he's been released from the hospital. Uh, Do you think Andy has learned to manage uh, himself better when it comes to the amount of time that he's putting in uh, during the season? And, and and do you think he will take the necessary time off and break that he needs? Because I'm sure to get to the point where things are clicking on all cylinders for his football team, and he's been burning that candle at both ends. You know, that's
2: a great point, Ray. And, And the thing that, that Andy's doing is, um, and he's really conscious. He has a professional nutritionist now for the last three years, and uh, and I know he fluctuates during the season, but he's really been watching his weight. And as you know, big big men don't live long, and and he, and he was naturally a big man, and and so he he's learned to take it easy. And and you know he he's had some trials and tribulations last year with with his son, and and with with, with leaving Philly, and I think he's learned to to really relax. And, and, really take it in. And, and just like he started your show off, which I thought was great is he's looking at it as, you know, this isn't life and death. Um, this is a game and, and he wants to, he wants to treat those uh, men as men and, uh, and give them their time off and, and I think take a little time off himself, And then they can all come back with their minds, bodies, spirits and souls relaxed and get ready for the, uh, really the teeth of their schedule, which is, uh, Two games against the Broncos, two games left, uh, with the tribe char- I mean, two games with the Chargers, and then of course they got one with Indy as well, uh, with Raiders thrown in there also, so. Uh, I think he has learned that,
1: Ray. I think he's learned that maybe the hard way, Well, uh, I believe he has. I, I certainly hope he has. I tell you what, we got to take a break here, Rick. So we're going to come back, and yeah, I certainly appreciate those comments. And I'm going to let you talk a little bit more about Andy Reid and just the National Football League, period. You're listening to Ray Spitz on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, and living like it matters. We'll take this break, and we'll be right back.
3: go sports Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice
1: America Sports. Okay, we're back. You hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Rick, of course, is in sunny California. And we're gonna talk a little bit Rick uh you know I know you're a stellar gentleman uh I take tremendous pride in having you on the show with me uh giving me insight and perspective of your dear friend uh Andy reed uh Andy too is a first class gentleman a first class coach uh I've always known Andy to be one um who embraces his his players and and his, and his coaches and Andy is a person that uh believes in the dignity of all human beings. I'd like to have your perspective if you will on what you've heard and and what you've seen about what happened uh with the Miami Dolphins and particularly with the two gentlemen we're talking about. Uh Jonathan uh Martin um who is a young man who I believe is uh the person who's been victimized from what we have heard and of course you got Richie uh incognito who's uh you know who's been the aggressor and the bully as they say and i've got my opinions as a former player um i certainly believe that the locker room is sacred but it's sacred because those who are in that locker room uh, although we may have fun and uh we certainly are respectful of one another there's certain lines you just don't cross and and that comes from our upbringing uh from our families from our friends uh from from our, our culture from uh the educational institutions that we've been involved in from people who've been mentors to us uh, It's still a place of employment as uh, my good friend Herman Edwards said this morning and and there are uh as human beings, uh, in a place of employment, there are certain rules and regulations that apply. I don't care where you work. So just just a little bit from you. Well, what do you think about the situation as far as what you've heard thus far, your personal opinion?
2: Well, it, it's something that I, I profess all the time. I've been in martial arts for 47 years, as you know, Ram, a sensei, and Kempo. And, and one of the things that Ed Parker told us was um, there's a triangle for men. And, and one part of the triangle is discipline, self-discipline, the other one's confidence, and the third one is humility. Uh, the part that men struggle with, he, he, he told us as young people, was self-discipline. And this is an example of people uh, not having self-discipline. John Wooden said discipline yourself to all his freshman players at UCLA uh, basketball back in the day, or somebody will discipline you for you. Uh, I think it's a lack of discipline. And he's been mentored by the best. Lavelle Edwards for years at BYU, Mike Holmgren after that. And, you know, I, I think Andy has just basically followed the lead of those, those two men. And they were, they, were, they were staunch disciplinarians. Lavelle Edwards, um, I mean, his record speaks for itself. Mike Holmgren's record speaks for itself. Andy's record speaks for itself. But self-discipline is something that men struggle with overall. And it's something that I teach all my uh, students is uh, the triangle confidence humility and self discipline Andy Reid after I I did a little motivational speaking one time he asked me to speak to a special team when I was back there in 01 he had never heard confidence and humility in the same sentence he used it in a pregame speech Ray. but I think with those two guys they need to they need to really look at themselves about um Really working on their self discipline is, is really what I feel about that
1: well let's just let, let's just go up on some of the things that have been reported in that there there, there appears to be one individual who uh, feels as if that another individual crossed the line uh, um, a voicemail was released. I think we can assume that the voicemail was that the voice of Richie incognito. Uh, there was some things that were said, uh, racial slurs that were, that were used. Uh, this is your teammate. Uh, this is supposedly should be, uh, you know, someone that you, 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 you do go to battle with you. After all, these guys are, are tackles and guards lined up right next to each other. Uh, are, from what you know of in in society are are those kinds of things uh the kinds of things that that breed for camaraderie uh amongst men uh to go out and 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 to fight with one another in a street accord for one common goal to win i mean do, do would you really accept that type of stuff in the locker room do you expect that to be the status quo in a locker room
2: no not only would i not accept it i don't believe society accepts it anymore i know it's done and it was done years ago and and, and me and you came up in the same era ray but you know i grew up in the inner city uh uh, most of the players that i played with were african American, and in fact my outside linebackers i played middle we we they termed us salt and pepper and um and, and there was no room for that uh you're going out there and battling this is not a war. A war is when you strap on a uh, you know an AK-47 or you strap on a rifle and you go out there to defend your coming. This is a battle. This is a battle between two teams that prepared. There's no room for any racial, racial discrepancy, especially in today's society when we all know that we've been created equal under God and uh, and being a Christian that uh, that's just how I believe we're all equal. Um, I think there's bad in all races. I think there's, uh, there's, there's good in most everybody. And uh, my grandmother had a saying, look for the good in people, because if you look for the bad, you find it. Uh, I think it was uh, uncalled for, um, disgraceful to the league that it leaked out. And this is a league um, which Andy termed the National Football League. He'll never use the initials. Uh, he's very proud to be part of it. And there's no place for it, right? And like when me and you hooked up in Arizona, Um, I I never looked at the color of your skin. I looked just like Martin Luther King said. I looked at the content of your character.
1: Well, I certainly appreciate that, and and certainly that doesn't appear to be the way uh, the two gentlemen have been treated, or or certainly not the way that uh, Jonathan has been treated by by Richie. Let let me just ask you a couple other questions, and that is that it appears to me also that there's a couple young guys that uh, don't appreciate... Uh, the lives that were lost, and I want to say lives that were lost simply because of the color of the skin and, and, and the, the, the hatred in such a word used by people who, uh, obviously don't respect the fact that we're all created equal and we're all God's children. Uh, I think, I'm just going to say this myself, I, I think that the young African American men, uh, are missing the boat when they seem to think that it's okay, it's not that bad, um uh, you know, that's really what I, you know, I prefer to have that kind of guy in my locker room than, than another type of person. Because football and sports period has always kind of taken the lead when it comes to race relations. I mean, it's it's one of the few environments that you can go into where you truly have people that for for that 60 minutes of a football game or for however many ever minutes it is for a basketball game or, or hockey, uh, they embrace their team regardless of, you know, what color or nationality those players are, as long as they have on. In, in your case, it would be the Kansas City Chiefs red. And in my case, it's uh, kind of brown eagle, <laughs> you know, that uh, right. that they, they, they share the same uh, passion for, for their team. But I think some of the young men uh, in the locker room, particularly some of those that are African-American that are trying to say it's okay, uh, they're ba- they're basically regressing in terms of some of the progress that's that's been made to to make people understand it's not okay and, and I say that I also want to pull into it just as when dr. King died and si- the civil rights movement went beyond just Something that worked on behalf of African Americans, there were people who had, who were uh, you know gay and lesbian uh, you know there were people who were of, of jewish uh, of the Jewish faith uh, there were people that were Native Americans, there were people of all backgrounds that wanted to be treated and respected like decent human beings, so for the people to accept what Richie Cognito has taken on himself to express the way he felt and what he felt the person was that was negative and, and, and a, those racial slurs, uh, you know, just common in and, and, and his vernacular, that's not going to be accepted. And I, I, I'm i just ashamed of some of those guys. I got to be honest. I got to put it like that, that they're going to accept uh, what many people lost their lives to fight for. What do, what do you feel about that? Well,
2: I agree with you wholeheartedly on that, Ray. Um, you know, you... As a youngster, you're 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 taught certain decency and certain rules within your house, and and that's where really the education begins. So, I look at some of the broken homes now, and sometimes they're single moms, and just like me, I was raised by my grandmother. I wasn't raised by my parents, and I did some things as a youth that, um, if I look back now, and I said, "Oh my God, how did I make it through?" But I had a lot of anger, and uh, and and I overcame that with uh, with with Christ and. And then uh, having a family of my own changed my, my way of thinking. But the acceptance of these players on, on being called certain names or all that, you know, I think it has to do with kind of the times we're in right now, right? You know, there's there's so much um, music, and, 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 and it's illustrated in, in, in the music, and, and, and everybody seems to be okay with certain things. Where in our days, I mean, you couldn't talk about somebody's mother. You couldn't talk about their race. Or you better, you know, you better be ready to get swell on. And, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, i I'm just, you know, just the way it was. But now, on the other hand, though, um, you know, I got in people's faces as being the middle linebacker, the quarterback of the defense for seven years, and it didn't matter what color they were. I had a Simone in front of me, I had black outside linebackers, white inside linebackers, and they knew if they didn't do their part, they didn't make those tackles, they didn't play hard. That I was in their face, and I had one of them by the name Val Lu, who a Samoan, tell me, you know, Rick, you made me the best player I could possibly be because I knew if I messed up, you were going to be in my face. But at no time did I look at, oh, he's a Samoan, or he's this, or he's that. It's just, hey, you're not doing your job. Okay,
1: so, hey, and, uh, and what I want to say about what you what you just mentioned to me. That's demonstrating leadership. And leadership is something that all athletes will embrace. But I think in this particular case, the line definitely was crossed. And, and I believe one reason why the league is going to come down extremely hard on this. And, and they're going to, they're going to pay attention to this. Now, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that both of Jonathan's parents are attorneys. That might be one reason that, that it would get their attention. But not only that, a great majority of the owners of the National Football League are are men of the Jewish faith and and so therefore they they know what it's like um you know to 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 fall into um you know the anger and 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 some of the spit and vinegar and just the the real nasty hatred towards an individual simply because of what their skin looks like or, or faith that they choose that may be persecuted. different than yours. And and they are, of course, of course, that's a word to, to, to fit right in there to persecuted. And they, they have been. And so I'm glad that they're going to step forward. and They're not going to accept this. But I also think they got a brand that they're interested in protecting. I think we got to take a break. I hear a little music in the background. You listen to Ray of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, and we'll be right back to talk about that brand of the National Football League.
3: Your internet flagship station for sports.
4: Voice America Sports.
1: All right. You hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. I want to shout out to my man, Brian Piccolo, up in heaven amen and i went to brian piccolo i went real deep because brian piccolo and gail sayers i mean they, they did something there never was a black man and a white man that had wombed together in the national football league brian piccolo and gail sayers gail sayers was the first man that i remember ever seeing in my life that cried about another man you know, it was it was that kind of thing. They were they were men. I, I never heard another man tell another man they loved them. Now, it was television, but but it, it this this was, uh you know, pretty much a, a biography of the life of these two men. I don't think these two men today would appreciate. I, I wish I could find Gail's number and have Gail on the show. Gail Sayers and, and George Hallis, I believe, is the owner of Chicago Bears, are embarrassed by what's going on today. And and, and I don't know, but I think there's something that this player that, that, that they say Jonathan may be a little soft. I, and I don't I'm not alluding to anything, whatever, but but I know that traditionally. If you're not taking any substance abuse, uh, well, let's say if you're not taking any enhanced supplements, if you're taking, if you're not taking anything to alter uh, your personality, uh, your state of mind offensive linemen are usually some of the most passive people I've ever met in my life they are teddy they are teddy bears so 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 in in the football field of all the positions you will find the offensive linemen are normally if they're in the right state of mind the least aggressive players on the entire football field although they could hit you man they're big so they could hit you and knock the snot out of your nose they are some of the you know less aggressive men so what I want to say is, again, football has to take the lead because this is a brand that is so valuable to them. Do you think that this, this brand has taken a few hits in the last couple Years here. Rick, do you think it's been tarnished, that it's been devalued at, in, in any aspect, or is it still, are they still looking to, to sports and football in particular as role models? Are the coaches and the administrators still uh, requested to come out and speak to motivate a group of salespeople, a group of corporate executives? Do you still look at that brand as being the model of, you know, again, team effort? for success of the business and, and not individual success. Have we lost some of that? I want to be like the NFL, or are people still looking towards the NFL as a model of success?
2: Well, that's funny. I was just talking to a group of, player, uh, group of friends of mine as we watched the games last week, and it was funny. We were in a sports bar, and it was filled, and half of the people weren't even watching the game, and I, I was amazed to believe how many people have now congregated toward college football like never before. You know, Ray, when we came up, college football, yeah, we saw a few games. We watched some SC Trojans, some Buckeye stuff, but it was a stepping stone to the big. It was a stepping stone to the National Football League. That was the brand that everybody wanted to play. Now, I played college. I wasn't big enough to play linebacker in the pros, and so I ended. But my goal wasn't to play college, it was to play in the NFL just as you did. But today more and more people I surround myself have gotten tarnished over the National Football League and it blows my mind. Because that was always the pinnacle. And um, I have to say I, I'm 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 ashamed of a lot of the actions. As you know, I, I, I am on the ends. And I'm one of the few people that are allowed that privilege and I thank Andy for that, the access he's given me. But I don't see it with his team. But as a whole, in general, the league has been tarnished. The brand has been tarnished. It, you just look at jersey sales, you look at everything. I mean, I see guys sporting USC uh jerseys during during NFL games now. Um you know, I can't understand it, but I mean I don't believe it. I can't understand it, but yet it's a fact. So, yeah, I think it has been a little tarnished. I don't have the answers. If I did, I'd correct it through prayer. All I can do is pray for the league. Um, and, and I continue to watch the National Football League as the pinnacle of football, not college. And, and I still
1: think it's that star that all the young people uh, who would like to play the sport, that's still what they shoot for and And, as I say, and, and you and I converse about this uh, tarnishing of the brand, I think what we have to do is recognize that it 's still a small percentage of of incidents that appear to tarnish the brand and and the reason why these incidents are 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 so prevalent to us is because of the access of media we're always connected now you can get access yes. to this show and any other show to get any information you need in National Football League on a handheld device that you can take with you any place in the world as long as you can get internet access. So I believe what it is and these are just recycled and regurgitated stories. It's the same story but you got so many other people with platforms to discuss. So I want to stop and think is it really much worse than it used to be or again this is something that used to be in the locker room that now because of and I'm going to say I believe it's Twitter that gave us access to the information because it was posted on on Twitter and somebody tweeted something. Then now, all of a sudden, we all had access to it. It's where before, what happened in the locker room stayed in the locker room, pretty much like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What was happening Absolutely. in the locker rooms never got a chance to get out because nobody in the locker room was going to have that conversation with the reporter. And again, reporters back in the day, you know, with the exception of, of course, we know Muhammad Ali and, 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 and Howard Cosell had oh, a, no. a very great relationship where they trusted one another. Uh, but the majority of times with and, and Charles Barkley, shout out to Charles because he and Howard Eskins developed a, a real good relationship. Uh, I'll even give a shout out to Howard. Uh, but it's, it's the media access today, 24, seven, 365 days a year. People have access to published information, and 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 I believe that's really what's the energy behind all this. I'm not sure, and, and, but it, but it gives a, a a chance to fuel that fire that could tarnish the brand. But I don't think it's much worse and as many different cases than it was in the past. It's just that all. Oh, n- Everybody now and all the people around us have access to this information because of this thing called the Internet and, and digital media.
2: I couldn't agree more. And, and as a side note, Major League Baseball had a real issue a few years ago with the African-American players, and, and the reason it was is that Major League Baseball has pretty much gone Hispanic. It's probably got about 70% Hispanic. And they were they were mad that there was so much Spanish being spoken in the locker room, and they didn't know what was going on. So it's really funny how it can it can reverse. It can go all the directions, okay? And I think it starts with the family. Football used to be a family, just like at your home. Things could happen in your home, but you weren't going to go and tell the neighborhood about it, okay? Same thing inside that locker room. I saw a nice little thing on the on the Kansas City Chiefs that says, we are family, okay? So that's where I think they got to get back to. All 32 teams, all the coaches have to make a real concerted effort in making these players feel like they're one heartbeat, they're one family. Because I'll tell you, if Rich looked at Don like that as a brother, he would not have said those things right yeah and, I, and, would and
1: and i agree with you about the whole family thing because that that that's exactly right you know there's things about and i always felt this about philadelphia they call it the city of brotherly love in, Amen. and and philadelphia fans were extremely educated when it came to their sports all aspects of it i mean you got a guy one thing about the philadelphia fan is he or she if he or she is a fan of one team they're normally a fan of All teams. So they're a fan of the Eagles, the Sixers, and the Flyers. I mean, that's just how serious they were. And the Phillies. And the Phillies. I'm sorry. I forgot the Phillies. They embraced all four of those teams. And and so because of that, uh, I, I would think that the family thing, when you think about when it comes to sports, the Philadelphia fan, they could say whatever they wanted to say about their team. But how dare anybody else say anything about their team? That, that, that's what they, and that's what, and that's kind of what a big brother does. That's kind of what a dad does. That's kind of what a mom does. Sure. They don't want to be over top, over the top with it, but there is some constructive criticism that's going to come from them. And that's all it is. I, I just, hell, I just told my son the other day, you know, I, I chewed into his butt. And I called him downstairs and I told him to come here and I asked him, what what do you think I'm about to do? What do you think I'm about to say? And he said, you're going to hug me. And I said, and then what else am I going to do? And he said, you're going to tell me I love you. I said, that's exactly right. I said, remember, I'm a ball player. I'm not going to let that go. I'm going to deal with that. But it's another place, son. I'm not going to harp on that. We're not going to be mad at each other for 24 hours because of what we've addressed it, we've dealt with it, we're going to move on. Hey, I got music, got to take a break. This is going to be the last one, and we're going to come back. Rick, we're going to finish this out, and I'm going to let you tell me how you think those Chiefs are going to finish out this season, and we'll talk about some other things, too. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back.
3: your internet flagship station for
4: sports. Voice America Sports.
1: Okay, we're back. You hear that music, you know the show. You listen to rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. And I'm sorry, I got pretty excited there. Me and my man Rick were talking about some things uh, uh, off the air there. But, uh, hey, I wanted, to, I wanted to just say something about a team that, Rick, that, you know, For you and I, normally we don't have good things to say about this team. But I got to say, for once in a very long time, you know, in in between, it appears to me that the Dallas Cowboys won a football game and Tony Romo had a winning drive. I mean,
2: were you surprised? No. In in fact, the opposite. I'm surprised he hasn't had more games like that. and They haven't had more success, Ray. Um, You know... I'm I'm a true fan of this game ever since I was a little kid going to watch the Rams with Roman Gabriel and Jack Snow and all those greats and and no it it wasn't surprising it was kind of like it's about time that's how I looked at that it's about time um, so no
1: they do have a how, lot of talent you're right it is about because they do have a lot of talent on that football team
2: they do and they they just you know and, and I'm not gonna say they you know they haven't played up to the talent and whatnot because. We don't really know that Long I don't really know the inside of that locker room. I don't know how how nicked up some of these guys are. I don't know where their mental state is. I don't know if they've lost brothers, sisters. That's why I judge no man, nor do I want to be judged, because none of us know what's going on in people's lives. All I know is that when you look at it on paper and you look at the talent they had, um, they just haven't quite lived up to that talent. But you know what? There had to be some factors that played into that. No, I wasn't surprised. Um, Even though both of us being uh, NFC East guys for a long time and you being a player in the NFC East, uh, Dallas was not one of our favorite teams that we wanted to face and and, and nor did we have a love for. And even growing up, and it's not said anymore, I just said to a friend the other day, I said, isn't it interesting, they're no longer called America's team. But I had to live with that. an L.A. Rams fan my whole life and wondering, well, why are they America's team when everybody wants to live in Los Angeles?
1: <laughs> well, so. you know, it, it's so funny you say that because <laughs> a couple of weeks ago when everybody was upset with Dez Bryant, uh, obviously because uh, a misunderstanding and not really knowing what Dez had, had said on the sideline and, and, and not understanding his passion uh, I myself said that Dez is upset because this is America's team, and they certainly aren't <laughs> representing America the way he felt that they should. But but let me say something that that only a person who's been close to the game would really pick up on some of the things that you said. And you talked about you don't know what's going on in the lives of some of these players. And that's why week after week, it's important for, for the team chemistry and for the psyche of the players to be on even keel because you know how things are just in life for a person, you know, to, to be emotionally distracted. It's going to affect your performance on your job. And, and although I didn't agree, uh, with everything that the, uh, I think it's Wallace for Miami, for the Miami Dolphins was saying, uh, you know, he said something about, you know, maybe somebody had a bad day at the office, uh, and, and that can happen and that could affect the outcome of a game. A lot of times it's the beat writer who's there every day who may get a better feel. And that's why I'm always trying to see, what beat writers have to say about teams, particularly when it comes to, you know, wins and losses and and how they're going to approach this game and how the mood was around. Because there could be something happening that we're not aware of at all that could affect a person's performance in preparation for a game. And and that's another thing I'm going to mention, too, Rick. That's why a lot of teams, if not all teams, take their players into a, um, an environment away from the family. So that they could be together as a team and a family the night before the game, and uninterrupted in their preparation for the game. And you've been around those kind of things, and so you know exactly what we're talking, what Amen. I'm talking about.
2: Amen. And it, that's why that's why I was really surprised that Chip Kelly stayed at Novacare. You know, yes, it was one of the things that I was surprised about, Ray. And maybe you were too, because I thought, you know what, this is a college coach, very successful. I'll bring up that Oregon program, okay. But now he's coming into a different program, a different level of play. He's dealing—he's dealing not with gung ho college kids that are playing for just scholarship. He's playing—he's—he's he's dealing with people that are that are already millionaires, most of them. Okay, before they even step on the field. Okay, and one of the things is—is is the reason Andy that could getting them out of Lehigh, and that wasn't his doing. That was done before him. But one of the things Andy did institute was. He never charged the fans for training camp. And, and, and prior to Andy going there, they would average about two to 3,000 people. You know, when Terrell Owens and Javon Kirst came over in 03, 04, we had 22,000 people at one of those training camps up in Lehigh. And I remember an ex-Cardinal player, Ray, you're going to get a kick out of this, he turned to me and he said, this is more than I had at regular season games. <laughs> (laughs)
1: Hey, hey! I know exactly what you mean. As I said, my days with the Philadelphia Eagles were some of my most passionate days in sport. (laughs) Uh, I I celebrated, I embraced them, uh, be a part of a team, especially to come there a year after they'd gone to the Super Bowl, even though they lost. Uh, It it was just fantastic, and I I just love every. You know, my memories are 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 so fond of my time spent there in Philadelphia. Hey, let's let's go over, if you will, the last couple minutes here. We got four minutes of closing. Uh, you know, looking at the power rankings, obviously the Chiefs are at the top. They got number two, looking at the Indianapolis Coast. uh Number three, you got the Denver Broncos. And number four, you got the Seattle Seahawks. Would you agree with those power rankings, and would you change the order at all? Well,
2: it's interesting because I saw it differently today. Here, here in Los Angeles, they showed the power rankings as actually Kansas City at six, and they showed Denver at number one. And then they've got even Seattle and the 49ers above, uh, of, above Kansas City. So, I think this power ranking thing is kind of like that BCS. None of us can figure it out. Um, but at the end of the day, Ray, as you know, who's the last team with a 9-0 record? They should be ranked number one. It's all about wins. Al Davis said, "Win, baby, win." And it's I, I, I okay? I'm not going to
1: argue with that because, as I say to people all the time, listen, you can only play who they schedule. In all of these teams or National Football League teams, and they certainly can beat you on any given Sunday. With that being said, of course, we've already talked about those teams that are that are up there at the top. Any teams in the middle maybe or at the bottom that, that, that perhaps maybe you might look at, they may make a a, a late run in the end and, and could be in the playoff picture and perhaps maybe even the Super Bowl. But right now they're either hovering in the middle or somewhere at the bottom.
2: I don't know why, but the first team that comes to my mind are those Bengals. And I know, I, I know you're, a, you're, you're an Ohio boy, you know, but Cincinnati, they would scare me if I had to play them. Cincinnati – you know, with that tough defense, and they can put up some, some, some points, too. they got a good special team. That's the first team that comes to my mind. Uh, and, and being and being my, my man and ex guy, okay, uh, you know, that's got to bring a smile to your face. But Cincinnati would scare me. Well, <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting
1: that you say that uh, because Cincinnati is kind of disappointing. Uh, the last few years, we've expected Cincinnati to be able to do something because they, too, have had talent. But when it comes to game day, they've just underperformed. And I'm not sure if... I don't think you can ever count out a Tom Brady team. And I'm just going to throw that one out there because, again, oh, no. they're probably hovering in the top ten somewhere, but they're not in the top four or top five. If they're in the top five, got to throw them in there just because of Tom Brady and, and, and of course, uh, Belichick. But I think that, you know, they're kind of hovering around and and somehow or another they're going to find their their way into the race. But... It's just, it's so tough over there with Indianapolis and Kansas City, you know, you, and of course the Broncos, you really don't know what's going to happen, but I don't know if I want to count.
2: They've actually got them ranked over Kansas City. They've got Kansas City at six behind, uh, uh, pay, uh, uh, excuse me, Denver. Then they've got, uh, the, uh, um, Seattle 49ers, Patriots and somebody else right and I was startled at that. Well that that's probably that well that's what you've got and I've got a
1: different one but I'm telling you um I believe you you can't count them out. They're going to be there. They're going to show up. I don't know if they're going to be they're representing the, the the AFC in the Super Bowl. But I just don't think you can ever count out Tom Brady, even though he's from that school up north. Hey, listen, with that, I guess I'm gonna have to go. I got some music in the background. I wanted means- to leave you
2: with one. I wanted to leave you with one note on the on, on the racial issue. My two friends who I speak to on a weekly uh, 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 weekly. John Runyon, the right tackle, and Trey Thomas, the left tackle. Now, those were the baddest men that I ever knew and the most gentlest of giants and the best of friends. And one was African-American and one is white. And John Runyon is currently in the House of Representatives, and they still speak highly of each other, and they still show the love. So let me tell you, that was instituted by Andy Reid creating that family. And so that's all I got to say to you coaches out there that are having those issues in your locker room. You need to regroup them and treat them like a family and get them playing like a family and loving each other like a family. I I, I agree with
1: you, and I think they need to spend a little bit more time on player evaluation to make sure they got the right character in their locker room. You've been listening to Ray Ellis on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time.
4: Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. We hope that you have enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit www.rayellisports.com And be sure to join us next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network.